0: we are bottom of the smash mountain i would like to thank my patron supporters over at patreon.com slash bsm pod got too excited to do the url link at the very end but that doesn't really matter what matters is we have an amazing up-and-coming commentator person a former variety streamer now leading leaning into melee a little bit more leaning into i was gonna say runescape that's not right is it
1: No, that's incorrect. I've only played the modern Ruinscape, I'm not going to lie. I've never played OSRS and know people in in the comments might start getting mauled. But no, yeah, I also focus in the Japanese RPG variety as well. Uh, That's those those my main two niches that I announced at the start of the year were Melee and JRPGs. Those are my main two forms of content that I focus on over on my Twitch stream.
0: Okay, so the JRPGs. This is Stelios. You can find Stel over at Thelios underscore TTV on Twitter and on Twitch the main the made hub if you want to get more style in your life twitch.tv slash Thelios underscore is that two underscores by the way
1: yeah, it has to be two. So, when I was making my account, uh, I tried one, but I think it was taken, so I had to do the double, and it was fine. I know for a time, I think Slocks here in New England also had to use the double, but I think he changed it to Slocks VM in more recent times. So, I'm not the only one. Some people do it before their name, or some people do it at the end. I do it at the end because so it's easier to read, and then I think it makes more sense. But yeah, no, my Twitch has two underscores in it. Hopefully, one day it goes away in total. I remember the days when Ludwig used Ludwig Auger in his Twitch, and now it's just Ludwig, obviously, but that's on YouTube now as well. So, slow and steady we'll get that name changed hopefully in the future for SEO reasons
0: well you know that Ludwig paid the person who had the twitch.tv slash Ludwig paid the person who had the youtube slash Ludwig I mean that's, that's how the world works I know that O mm-hmm. R complained about not having the O R tag on Twitter he had to do NYC Killer or something like that mm-hmm. and he said somebody made it and is now holding it ransom over me and I'm not going to pay for it <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's happened sometimes you kind of like stick people up for certain things and then you got to just it's kind of it's kind of like a stick up basically at a bank like that's how i see it like i kind of just go in demand like whatever the ad is get to kind of fork over the money that's what ludwig kind of had to do and that's what i'll do like you just described that story as well and i'm sure there are countless other people out there too i don't know what Slocks had to do or what this decided to do when he changed his twitch over to what it is right now but it's a whole venture in itself and this is all still in the social media part of the podcast but you know happy to be here too so no, yeah, I'm, that, that, I'm, I'm taking
0: a little bit too long, but I have one more to pitch for you. One more, one more. Thelios, JRPG, SSBM. How about that?
1: That wouldn't be bad. I mean Yeah, that that's like <laughs> like you know like there are all those people on Twitter that have like the underscore SSBM SSB thing. I was personally one of those people at one point. But I did eventually change it to TTV when I was like more so going into Twitch. But then I just I'm gonna keep it the way it is. Obviously, one day, it's just my name, but that's gonna be pretty hard to do. So like there are countless people out there who have that I've never seen like a combination of two different niches. In because I feel like you're putting too many eggs in one basket or make it too complicated for people to find you in like in a very SEO dominated format. That's why you gotta separate your tags in some way. This is like a whole YouTube algorithm slash like Twitter algorithm thing I'm talking to now.
0: Yes. There's a process behind being a content creator. Some people think it's easy. You press a button and go live, but it's complicated and you have to, this is a podcast word, you have to pivot. So Stella, tell me about this whole variety streamer idea. Now you want to focus more on the JRPGs. You want to focus a little bit in more on Melee where it's going to be less of, hey, let's just do what's kind of a mix of popular games that I like, games that are good for streaming, kind of leaning into more two niches instead of trying to do a little bit of everything. What was the main idea of switching from one focus of your Twitch stream to another?
1: So towards... The last quarter of 2021, I just finished coming off of Dragon Quest 11, one of my favorite games I've ever streamed, and I kind of transitioned over to more um, regular stuff. I was doing Breath of the Wild a good amount, but I feel like the engagement wasn't there as much, and I started to think more about what I should be doing, like maybe I should change some things going into the new year. And at the same time as all this was happening, I was still going to melee events. I was attending locals, uh, regionals more specifically. And then I went to Super Smash Con as well. My Super Smash Con vlog was all shot by me. It was done on my phone. I did a lot of stuff at Smash Con, which kind of garnered a lot of attention like there and like after the event was over, I feel like. So towards the like, once that's kind started going, on, my melee content has always been, I feel like some of my more popular content for the scale of creator that I am. And then I've always, I've always had a passion for the RPG genre. I've, you know, kind of grew up playing the genre, to be fair. <clears throat> fair, and I'm not playing Melee. Most people think about me playing that kind of thing. I, like, I have a whole audience that comes for that, and the audience as well that knows you're from the Melee scene. So I'm balancing two different things here, and I was talking with friends, a lot of my stream VIPs, some IRL friends, and they kind of suggested that I should just go all in on that. So I took holiday break from content creation and streaming at the end of the year around Christmas time. And I spent like about a week and a half kind of writing stuff out, I wrote a whole presentation, about it, which is there's a video out there on YouTube, you can go and watch just detailing everything. But the mentality basically was it was to do stuff that I actually like really wanted to do kind of like hone in and like do Twitch content on this YouTube content on this original YouTube content on blah, 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 do melee react bits of a video once once per week, all this different stuff that I want to focus on, because I feel like It's just like something I care about. And I told my stream this as well, is when um, Melee's 25th anniversary was happening, I watched Turn Down for Walt's video about the 25th anniversary, which is a fantastic video. If you have not seen it, please go and watch it. And I reminded my stream that if I had never got into Melee at all, then I would not be streaming. It's like the key thing that pretty much led me to check more on Twitch and just kind of be like a broadcaster in some way was when I went to Melee tournaments, like between... 2014 and beyond basically like that's what kind of exposed me to like the greater market like just like the general esports market and maybe just want to look into this stuff more and then help me kind of find a beginning in commentary and podcasting and then kind of just eventually grew to me being a variety streamer starting out and now being more focused as a melee creator and a jrpg creator I think with what I have planned for the year, I think it will suit me a lot better as long as I play my cards right that is and like, you know, be smart, work smart, not hard is my big thing this year, which is why I might be streaming less, but it's also because I'm working on stuff off of stream, whether it be doing IRL content for melee, whether it be making monthly commentary highlights, which I'm planning to do, I already have a lot of odds downloaded from the past like week alone from commentary. So there's a lot to do. But I think it's going to be a lot more exciting. I feel like I'm accomplishing a lot more than I was just kind of going through the motions, doing what I did with flex stuff towards the end of last year. And I think while it may not be as fruitful, that's the right word starting out. I think it will eventually have like a steady growth over time is what I can hope for. And it will just be growing growth upon growth, uh, having a steady pipeline of content from there. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, that makes sense. And to anyone who's listening they would say that you have a vocabulary of a streamer to to put it in simplest terms possible I think that there's a time where if you're going from melee tournament to tournament starting in around 2014 like you said and you're mm-hmm. sort of bouncing around and you get inspired to do this whole content stuff a little bit yourself it doesn't all happen right away so how do we get from how do we get from Delios, the person who's going to tournaments and is going on to to where we are right now.
1: Where we are now. So yeah, I guess it's kind of like my origin story too. Yeah, so I started going to tournaments 2014 and I was a high school student at the time, and I basically was going to events with some of my local friends in New Hampshire. I went to, I think, Super Smash Saturdays back at Merrimack. Shout out to people I met there, that being Grown Working Man, a.k.a. Get a War Machine, a.k.a. Jesse, Infinite Numbers, formerly, uh, famously got ninth at Pound, um, See Calvar, Glockamite of My Toyota, Golden, who I think later went to those events. A lot of people I met from the New Hampshire scene came from there. And over time, you know, I started like going to events more. I was entering tournaments. I did pretty well for myself starting like in 2016, but then I was going to college at the same time as this. So while I'm at college, I'm also like focusing on my studies. I always, I told my friends from the start, I'm going to college to study, not so much for Melee. If I wanted to go to college for Melee, I would have went to UNH, uh, I'm saying that right now, but I didn't go to UNH. So I wanted to focus on that. So Melee kind of took kind of a towards a backseat after like 2016 a little bit, but I still followed the scene at least. And like, while I'm at school, I'm learning more about business, marketing, uh, branding, social media, all that stuff. I'm finding ways to present myself to a market of some kind, whether it's an entrepreneur, a professional marketer, blah, 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 all business stuff I can talk about another time. And as I graduated college in 2019, I decided to, in the summertime, find a podcast. That podcast was about professional wrestling because I'm a huge wrestling fan. And that eventually then segued into me now gotten more behind the microphone, like not live and more recorded to then start live streaming. And that's what kind of like eventually led to me doing more microphone stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting journey, but it lets me just becoming like more comfortable behind the microphone. And I feel it plays a big part to what I do now for Melee, which is when now that lane tournaments came back last summer. Here I am, competing tournaments usually like at least once a week, ideally these days it was quite, quite a more sparse back then because I was kind of getting back into things in the summertime, and trying to find like things to do for content with around melee and <laughs> would, I, would I compete again I'd say probably not like competitively like seriously I probably won't take it seriously again unless I like, really want to focus on it I do consider myself more of a community person you know supporting my community doing what I can for it and you know broadcasting events wanting to help production at events too maybe in the big picture so but it all kind of just came from meeting people, making those connections, just like, you know, trying to find, like, meeting in the community, basically, you know? And now that I think I've found a good role for it, I just think it's a matter of time before, you know, I really just go all in and just find, like, more of a solid place, you know?
0: Or JRPGs. You said you've been playing that for a very long time, too. This is childhood mm-hmm. still going, yes. Oh, yes. Now, uh, with me and RPGs, I don't even know if I know what it stands for. is this stand for role playing game?
1: That would be correct. And the J in that stands for Japanese. So right. typically they uh, come from people out in the East. So your Final Fantasies, your Dragon Quest, your Xenoblade series games, those are all under the JRPG umbrella. So that's where they usually come from, yeah.
0: I have a question. Uh, isn't that basically you taking turns against the opponent? It's kind of like Pokemon, but in a very different sense.
1: Yeah, it could depend from game to game. Uh, most of those ones I mentioned sans Xenoblade are turn based. Xenoblade is more of an MMORPG. It's also kind of like more in real time. But yeah, some most of them are follow that format. Obviously, the technology has changed in more recent years. So yeah, but like some are some are like active, some can be turn based. It really depends on which one. There's a lot of different ones out there for everyone's fancies.
0: Yeah, so it doesn't capture my fancy because I look at something where I have to take turns and I go, oh, that's so lame. That's unfortunately my stance. So I always loved playing Smash because it, everything was at the pace that you wanted it to be. So as fast as you wanted it to be or as slow as you could try and make it, of course, Smash being beautiful because there's another person who's trying to dictate the pace of the match, blah, blah, blah. And, and everything's right in front of you. See, I didn't really like first-person shooters either because while that's sort of the same deal... Half the time when I'm playing on a map, even if I know the map well and I have an idea of where other players, what other people that I'm, you know, kind of hunt for, shoot, whatever, blah, it's a first-person shooter. You get it. I, this is, they just jump out, and I go ah. So when I have when I play Smash, it's all right in front of me. Everybody's right there. You know, there's nothing crazy happening. And when I saw competitive melee at first, I didn't quite understand everything that was happening. But then as I started to understand more and more of the techniques, I just, everything's just just right there, and I really vibed with me, the action, the pacing vibes with me. So when it comes to you and something like an RPG where there's a little bit more of stop and go action, if you will, as kind of going from the idea of soccer, I compare soccer to melee sometimes and then football is something that's, you know, it's stop and go. You go back and forth between those two things. So is there anything that's in in common or contrasting from each other that you really like about RPGs to melee?
1: I think the big thing that can be applied to both, more so the competitive stance for Melee at this point, is uh, storylines. So a big thing that kind of gets me into JRPG, for example, the most recent one, Dragon Quest XI, was the story and the environment. And the thing I relate to that with Melee is that there are a lot of storylines in Melee. I mean, we'll get into one later on, which has been going on for a couple of weeks. So, like, you find something to get invested in. And like you eventually develop like some sort of passion, some connection to the story. Maybe it teaches you something out of it. And I do connect it to melee because melee's taught me a lot of things. You can get invested in this like up and coming player who's like working their way through the same. Like I think someone I can think I think of right away when it comes to like that kind of arc they went through to develop was Infinite Numbers. And also I think of Two a lot as well. One of my favorite buff players as a puff player. Like I see a lot of those guys just grind it out, and I compare it to that in like a character development arc or a story progression arc in some way in a JRPG, like DQ-11, Xenoblade, blah, 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 there's all different ones out there. And like it all just like kind of resonates with me, too, because like you can learn something out of it. For me, like in Melee, I kind of learned when I played different numbers a lot in my basement here at my house, in a house for a couple times. Like we just play Melee a lot and I would just learn more from playing him. You give some tidbits here and there. We always have fun as well. And then with like an RPG. I'm just sitting here with my chat talking about what's going on in the game. You know, oh, this is cool. Like here's this t- we're going to talk about what we think about this going on right here. What do I how do I personally react to it as well? The react bits are incredibly strong because like when you go To an in-person event whether it's a local or a major you see this incredibly exciting moment the crowd goes crazy all that stuff too you know you'll have a similar moment to that if you're really invested in a story in an rpg of course to a different extent as well could be a happy emotional sad anger blah 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 like it it takes you it takes you for a rollercoaster of emotions and like connecting like these storylines together across both like you see countless different ones as i said and that's one big thing. The other thing, big thing is like the gameplay, of course, very different. Melee is constantly going, you know, there's something going on in each game, which is fine, though. But I think it's kind of shows like that I'm just kind of open to things as well, where it's just be like, yeah, I like the fight, I like the fast pass, uh, fast pass action of Melee. And I also like how things can be like more slower, but things can get quicker in RPGs depending on the one you play, you know. And I think something I had really had, I had a lot of fun with too, this is more from a commentary aspect as well. Like something I think is really big. For commentators is telling a story especially if you do like at a high level as well like i was watching back this video that um melee zombie posted and it was tavikin's kind of analyzing and talking about scar's commentary from i think it was mango his axe no uh, hacks sorry <laughs> no from, and i yeah, know what you're gonna yeah, say because yeah. he's yeah, like exactly. he's like
0: a wrestling match and i yeah, pretty much yeah yeah
1: because <laughs> the thing about scar and like this is this goes back to kind of like the Bringing that commentary, bringing like that emphasis, and telling the stories that he knows all these points that the chat might not know, and he is elaborating that story to the people watching at home or watching on YouTube, for example, so they understand like what exactly happened behind the scenes going into the set. And if you want to watch this video in full, I'm sure we can link it down in the description below. If you want to watch it in full, it's a great video. I really like that video a lot. I watched it on my stream and to react to. It was awesome because like you really get a glance of like what Scar brought to you or brings I should say to melee commentary, commentary and it's like something like big. I want to see a lot of people work on especially if you're already like naturally charismatic. You like talking a lot about what happened behind the scenes. Okay, so it's also like Oh, this person got PR recently. They haven't played this person before. Let's see what happens. Let's see how they adapt all that stuff. All three of those things, the RPG story, melee community storylines and the commentary side of storylines are all like one intertwined thing that can kind of keep myself and several other people invested.
0: And I love the part where, like you said, you're connecting those things together. They don't have to be one and the same thing, by the way. I'm. Mm-hmm. I just love how everybody sort of connects something like Melee to something else that's important in their life. They can see at least one similarity, whether it's because of the stories or if it's because of the training that you have to do to become excellent at Melee. All kinds of different angles. Or for you, you would say it's more of the storylines, and that's really cool. But can I push back on that Tafo video on the Melee and On Me YouTube video? Yeah, here's, sure. Okay, here's the thing. If I were to say, let's talk about how great of a commentator Toph and Scar are on the mic, I would bring up EVO 2016 Grand Finals, because that's a fantastic mm-hmm. example. They're at, you know, in many ways, they're sort of at their peak, why would I bring up a top 16 match where they're just starting to get warmed up and it's a wash 3 0? There's barely anything to talk about. I mean, Scar might even be like talking about his plans of what he did earlier in the day, what he's doing later in the day. I'm just saying, Melee doesn't always. And for commentators, is it fair to expect to pull out a big house for Mango versus Hacks that for each and every part of your commentator block? Because I don't think that's fair.
1: I mean, like, I think it depends. I think someone like Scar can get away with both. Cause like, you know, he, like I said, he has the natural charisma for it and he gets people invested in it. That's the key thing. It could be like something like where he's shooting the shit like that and just saying whatever, like, oh yeah, here's the storyline, here's the beef. Here's what Mango's doing. He's not playing, his, he's not playing his main, all that jazz. And then you go to EVO 2016, which is like the entire different story because it's two sides of the coin here. Cause like EVO 2016 at the time, I think, I think it still is. This is the biggest melee event ever in terms of entrance, is that correct?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's definitely at least up there. But I know it was one of the biggest. I think it was the biggest one ever. At everyone
0: least for had. IRL. Yeah, cuz maybe yeah. a tournament in 2020 broke it by like, you know, just raw numbers, mm-hmm. but it it was definitely for IRL numbers.
1: Yeah, exactly. So but like you're at you, you look you look at two sides here. They're two different stories and they're in two different environments. I would say sure, they are both majors, but Evo least to me at the time was like the one obviously to be yeah, i consider genesis a bigger deal now but we'll get to that later um but like you know they're talking about this hbox finally getting to the mountaintop basically against her someone he could not really beat at that time and he never he never really had won an evo before to that point so yeah like being able to say hey he's never won this before this could be his first evil win he gets the reset all the stuff happens the moment happens like wow he actually did it and it's like a huge congratulations too but like looking at but i think it just shows like how skilled they are as well as casters you can go from the more like having fun talking about this like fun beef that's going on between these two to the more esports 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 approach that i call it for like the evo scenario as well The fact that they are able to be multi skilled and talk about both ends of like the fun side and more of like the serious esports side, I think, only should commend what people like Scar, what people like Tof, Homemade Waffles, Phil especially, Phil's one of my favorite casters of all time, can do that sort of thing too. Like, that's, I can just commend them even more.
0: So, you have a plan for 2022. You're going to go a little bit of Melee, a little bit of JRPG, but what if one starts to pop off versus the other? Do you have. Do you have a rough idea of what you want to do in the event that the scale starts to tip towards one or the other?
1: Uh, I think it'd be a scenario where I would talk to my community about it. Like if they still want to see me like focus on this one thing more. Because I haven't really posted a JRPG video this yet. It's currently week three of the new year for my content. And I do have a JRPG video for Dragon Quest 11 dropping this week. But it's from, I think, summertime when I was playing through the game, basically, because we're still working through those VODs. I'll be curious to see how it performs. And as I'm working on melee content more, because I'll have another melee react video out soon, I'll have my commentary highlights for January out around early February as well. So it's going to be curious to see how the analytics are and how people are engaged with the content. If I do see Melee or one of the others start to pop off more, it's, it's definitely a community thing to talk about. Like, hey, what do you guys think? Should I just like do a little bit of this more often? Maybe like cut back and maybe like, do this like once a month, do Melee content weekly and then drop this here and there. So it's definitely something I got to think about. Um, I ideally want to do both because I have YouTube original content, planned for JRPG content, like my, re- like my retrospective series. There's a lot planned for Melee as I've, told, as I've talked about it in length already. So yeah. Like moral of the story would be reflect, look at analytics, talk to my community that I would develop as well about what they would want to see more if we did have to change things. So, but right now it's just like, you, you got to read the room. Like you just got to <laughs> read the room and see how it goes. You know, Ludwig taught me that, read the room, see how it is, and then that kind of go from there, you know?
0: I love how Ludwig is a person who in many different ways sort of leads the the, the Smash sphere forward in terms of how we go about doing content creation because very, very successful and also, I think, handles everything pretty well. So that's an obvious example of someone who I would say I would look up to in terms of, like, direction, handling things, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Although not necessarily with accidentally spending $50,000 on Cowboys tickets, but anyway. True, true. Anyway. Would you say that Ludwig is up there for you or who would be a streamer that you look to either growing the stream or now as like, ah, this is see that I'm trying to kind of capture this vibe or the, the level of connection with their community, like what they do, I really like, you know, shout outs mm-hmm. basically.
1: Yeah. Um, Ludwig is someone, well, I've, I've, known, I've known Ludwig for a long time. Those who don't know, I met Ludwig when he was still in New Hampshire. He, I met him in 2015 when he started playing Melee more. He went to a New Hampshire local in Manchester, New Hampshire, and I met him there. He always remembered me from there, and it was before he went over to ASU. So uh, seeing Ludwig kind of go from like this guy who was getting an amateur bracket at a New Hampshire local to where he is now is very, very surreal. And the fact that I can call him at least like an acquaintance slash friend is very weird because I think some of my fondest memories of him are like being in his stream chat when he started streaming and then eventually BC meeting up at Shine 2018 just drinking beers in the back of the VIP room just chilling, shooting the shit. It's crazy to see, but he's definitely one of my biggest inspirations in general because I think he has a great charisma presence and all that. But there are some other streamers as well that come to mind of like they kind of inspire me. A huge one, and I want people to look up this guy's name because I think he's incredible. Uh, Harris Heller, one of the smartest people in in all of content creation how to approach the situation because he is kind of the reason that i was able to develop what i kind of became like you know how how you start streaming what you should do if x y and z happen. should you do this should you do that What, what equipment is good please watch the alpha gaming youtube channel soon to be the senpai gaming youtube channel and Harris also sponsors me in a way because I'm on his stream team for stream beats. So that is his property. And also listen to stream beats as well. I know it's a plug, but definitely listen to him as well. You're like, allowed
0: to plug whatever you daggone please. Exactly. This is I'll, your I'll, podcast episode, dude. dude I'll this do that. Is, at the end, this, yeah. this, this is your podcast episode. So talk to me a yeah. little bit about how this happened. Cause I am curious mm-hmm. for, for people who are doing all this content stuff. One way to make income is for a big old whale to come up to you and be like, talk about my stuff. Okay, I will take this bag and I will keep it. And yes, I will talk about your stuff. Is that kind of what happened, or how, how did the Stream Beats happen for you?
1: Stream Beats, uh, for those who know what Stream Beats are, uh, Stream Beats are. DMCA free copyright free music that you can use in any of your content whether it be Twitch YouTube blah 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 anything you can use it in or post about you can use it. So uh, I started playing Street Beats around the time that they were kind of new in summer of 2020. And I kind of just repped them a lot. I used it a lot on my content. I would tell my friends about it on stream tell people about them naturally as well because I just thought the music was generally good. Like it's just good background music. That's that's literally what it is. And I supported Harris and the producer Ryan who actually who actually just released a single recently as well I actually let's do it on my stream. And it was actually a really good listen. He was in my chat forward to shout out to ryan he's also a big mango fan is ryan so shout out to ryan king if you're watching this love you man um but yeah it kind of happened and at the start of 2020 harris announced that senpai records which is the record label for stream beats will be doing weekly releases for stream beats and they were also starting a twitch team and what they would do is that they would randomly pick i think five people a day to join the twitch team i put my name in the hat i think around february time i was pulled to join the team so in a way yeah i am sponsored by Beats or affiliated with Beats at the very least and i usually like i rep their brand on my channel i have their like affiliate with Beats in the corner of my channel and i usually just plug their content or plug their stuff in my youtube description you look at my youtube descriptions for my videos also it's you know it's really friendly i know ryan said that i rep the brand really well and actually in my spotify i rapped. I was in the top one percent of Streambeats users as well, because I play it usually off-stream as well. So it was actually really fun. So yeah, and I went into Harris's stream, and like the algorithm, the algorithm behind Spotify, as so you think they make like a third of a penny per like sh- for per song play they calculated how many times how many minutes i listened to stream but i think i made them like 40 dollars alone in 2021 <laughs> or something like that so hey that's cool that's cool just yeah. playing on the background as i'm working on something for work or working on something so for stream.
0: hours all for 40 yeah. bucks
1: <laughs> yeah it's crazy but you know, they've been a good amount of money off of it, i'd imagine i don't want to go into that stuff that's, no no, that's no, more no you're fine you're here. fine yeah that, that's that's their information to no, know not mine that's so cool
0: though because mm-hmm. Look, I mean, I have decided for now that I don't really want to do the whole ad read. I don't want to do the whole sponsor thing. What I prefer to think of is if anybody likes this enough, there's a Patreon link to follow. And that's it. Because I, I don't like the idea of like constantly interrupting and being like, it's chill time. And mainly I say that because I, I put myself out there enough that I already feel semi-uncomfortable. A little bit of imposter syndrome, a little bit of introversion, a yeah. little bit of... My personality is just to be like, just be low key, just be low key. Then why did you start a podcast? Anyway, I'm at war with myself. I think that the Patreon is good enough for me for now, but for for you, you seem to have mastered the art of making it more of a natural thing. Like at first Stream Beats was just something that you really enjoyed. And then somebody came along, Harris is saying and Ryan are saying, Yeah you know what? Yes, indeed. Delios just threw his hat into the ring and I think we're just gonna pick that right up and take advantage <laughs> of that. So do you want that to be sort of the, the trendsetter, the norm thing? Or is it not really the worst thing if somebody just drops in and says, like I was saying earlier? Because that's not how it happened for StreamBeats, but I don't know. What if name brand? I don't know. Mountain Dew. What if Mountain Dew came up and was like, Celios, we will pay you thousands of dollars to shell our Mountain Dew products.
1: I think it depends. Like, I'm a guy that rather be passionate about a product than just like know and make a lot of money off of it. Like, if I could get like sponsored by somebody else right now, I guess well, st- sticking in the drinks, I actually like to get sponsored by LaCroix. I'm not gonna lie. I think LaCroix actually are super, super good. Plus, like, they're super good for you because, like, they're just essence to water. Like, I actually would consider like kind of looking into that, uh, honestly. But on the on the stream beat side of things, I think it's only the beginning because, like I said, Senpai Records of so Senpai Gaming is like more of the record label and they actually want to form an esports team eventually. And I think. I want to talk to ryan about it one day is that i want to see if they want to get more into melee as a new sports team and see if they want to bring on like creators slash commentators as well to represent them because i would love to do that and i know ryan told me i think the other day is that um they actually i think low tide city use their songs in like their intermission screens as too which is really nice so like but yeah i think it depends like lacroix would be a really cool sponsorship i feel like Maybe something else, like, I'm trying to think of another good one, like maybe Square Enix if they eventually reach out. Someone like Unalesca, who I think is sponsored by Square Enix, is a partner with them, that'd be cool to kind of eventually work towards there's always like these different brands out there you can kind of like label yourself with or connect yourself to, that once you make enough of an impact with their brand, they might eventually notice that and kind of make you like a partner or an affiliate of some kind with them. And they'll send you like care packages and stuff like that, stuff to uh, play a game with or like send like a promo code for a game that you can then apply at checkout and then you get a percent uh, percent off that game. I know Jambo does that with some games that she gets on streams. And yeah, there's there's a couple of people out there who like work with the camp. I'd be cool looking at at the big picture. It's not really important to me right now. What's more important to me right now is kind of getting that slow and steady growth and eventually, like you know, popping off and then going from there. You know.
0: Indeed. Mm -hmm. Ludwig didn't pop off right away when he started streaming. I'm not. I'm not uh, popping off yet. But yeah, I mean, hey, I'm actually having a very good time. And that's really the important thing. I said to myself when I started doing all this in 2021 just take your time enjoy it for the just for the simple act of creating and putting yourself out there this is good for you jesse okay cool so i like that approach that you have as well there may not there may be an illusion of oh i need to do xyz because you either see other creators doing it you because know, eventually you start to network and connect or because of what the top dogs are doing But they're there for a reason, and we're here for a reason. So eventually, you sort of just find yourself getting to the spot where you're looking for where I am now. I would have said a year ago, oh, that seems, oh, okay, cool. Wow, that probably would take a long time, but it's only been a year. So right for that. I think the best way to sort of round out all of this stuff is to, I think, talk about, I think the best way to round it up is to talk about how there's GG TOF and there's GG, sorry, not GG, there is Ace hey Hada. Yes. Content creators within Melee being sponsored. Not just because they're they're doing all the views, all the views, Awesome Sauce gets picked up by Moist or something like that.
1: Exactly, yeah. Or Pokemane or someone like that, or Valkyrie, or yes. um like Nate Shot, <laughs> like people like that.
0: But uh how do you ride that line? Because the implication to me is that Toph or Heihada, who are both both people who I like and I wish them all the best, all that stuff. But as I, as I think about it right here in this moment, I think to myself, does that mean they're big enough but not big enough at the same time? Because sort of in the content creation game, you can theoretically get to be as big as Dr. Disrespect or Ninja, you know, during the Fortnite days, somebody who's... Breaking all kinds of streaming records, blah blah blah. Isn't that more of what a content creator is supposed to aim for, as compared to joining an esports team or looking for, looking for, like esports team sponsorships? Or would you say that both are valid?
1: Uh, personally, I think both are valid. Because I personally think if you're just gonna do it on your own, it's gonna be a lot harder, I believe, because like you kind of have to build it very naturally, like Ludwig did. And it was really impressed when he did it back in 2018. I remember the whole fastest growing Twitch streamer arc. If you remember that in the comments, be sure to be sure to mention it. Uh, but for someone <laughs> like you know Toph... Hada, who are working their way up the ranks, especially someone who works with Hada in a way now and on, because as part of All Chat, not, not directly, but I work with All Chat for commentary now these days. Um, but I think they eventually will, it's, it's kind of like a stepping stone, basically. Like All Chat is a newer organization. They're not like a Cloud9, they're not like an EG. They could be one day, for all you know, though. But as they eventually like grow more, so should the creator. And it's like a stepping stone to get to where people like Pokey, Ninja, um, Dr. Disrespect, Ludwig, uh, Sykuno, where they are as like sponsored creators but, uh, have a bunch of sponsors and have a natural community as well so they they help you along they get your product out there you do ads for whatever they're doing like Fuel for example or like Slim Jim like that one time Cutie Cinderella prank look at that for um, his roast stream so and they all serve as a way to help you, they partner with you, so you can say, hey, I'm sponsored by X brand, here's what we're doing today. Hopefully it gives you some exposure, some will, some might not, but that's the nature of doing content. Some things might not work, some things will stick. See the niches I've been talking about. But, yeah, they serve as a stepping stone. As long as you keep at it and kind of branch out and get more sponsors, whether you're an eSports creator like TOEF, HADA, Homemade Waffles, fill. they're more, more so casters, of course. They kind of do a little bit of their bits here and there. Turned out for Walt, it's another, good one, exa- another great example. I mentioned him earlier. As long as they keep working at yeah, it, because, you know, Panic Global is a big team for Walt. They do a lot of work across the entire esports scene. They will help them build a resume or build a community of some kind. They'll get to them. Possibly to where they want to be. So let's say Walt eventually is like one of the top creators, not just in Melee, but maybe something else as well, but more so in Melee, of course, or like Tove continues to work at it as well. He becomes like a top creator alongside something else, alongside Melee, and they kind of keep at it and they just keep growing. Maybe they get attention from like a big creator. Maybe they collab with like Loic for his next big tournament what, happening a couple weeks from now or a future one, like his IRL major he wants to do. That can only help them with exposure even more for people who don't know who they are like melee casuals, slippy kids, maybe even some old kids as well. Like it all only benefits at the end of the day in my opinion, you know?
0: Yes, I like that output or the outlook, mm-hmm. excuse me. This is as good at a time as any. Oh. I think that we were able to cover you stuff enough do you want to cover anything else or can we move on to the next topic of conversation
1: uh yeah that should be good because i think most things we kind of mentioned i guess that commentary we already got kind of freaked into as well we can talk about it more at the end if we want to but yeah the big thing if you want to take it away jesse it does involve a very recent topic as as like early as like friday at the time of recording that would be like what the 14th is when we heard so you want to take it away go ahead
0: Today is January 17th, just a mere three days after a revelation of sorts, if you will, where Genesis comes out on their Twitter and says, Genesis 8 has been postponed until April 15th through 17th, something like that. You get it. And now, instead of the end of January being when the most legendary tournament series for Melee, I mean, okay, look, Evo is a thing, yes, but Evo is a fighting game tournament, and I love those tournaments You know, the ones that involve Melee, Dreamhack is an example, but Genesis is Melee, and in Smash in general, had some great, Genesis 7 had great grand finals, Mars taking that. All that to say, this is now the biggest tournament series along with the big house that Smash has, that Melee has, and a lot of people were looking at the end of January, looking at all the. COVID Omicron stuff. They were looking at the people, top players dropping out and they were going, Genesis is going to be a little bit of a crash and burn situation. If this continues to trend in the direction that it has. And all signs pointed to more COVID numbers rising, more players and top, like especially top players dropping out. And for such a big event, one that involves many, many dollar signs, it was not going to be good. So there was concern for safety first and foremost there's concern for being able to operate not even just close to green we're talking about just avoid the bottom of the red or the top of the red sphere i mean this is like the kind of stuff that can shut down a tournament like genesis for good because this is not backed by activision or backed by nintendo as it should be it is backed by literally people who we know people like sheridan and boback who have worked so hard and saved money, had to operate in red, had to operate in yellow, hardly be able to make much money off of the event once it's all said and done, and running massive, thousands and thousands of entrants, pools, brackets, and everything else until we get to an awesome weekend, except when it involves COVID, it is so hard to predict. This this was announced back in September, I wanna say, around the time of Riptide, and that was so cool. Everybody was excited for Genesis. You, Stelio, so you were planning on going to Genesis 8. Now, you had to, you had that on your Twitter, I think, maybe a month-ish or, or about three weeks ago that you wouldn't be able to go. That's sort of the timeline for you. But your reaction to this is what I would like to hear because I've been talking about it for a while.
1: Yeah. So when the announcement was made, I was I was um, commentating slash waiting to commentate at a garbage connection run by Trade the Trashman on his channel. And I was in chat. And it was broke there by a bunch of West Coast people that, hey, Genesis just got postponed. I'm like, what's going on here? But my reaction is, is I absolutely agree with the decision because I think an event like Genesis, it needs to be executed and run safely, especially if you have like 4K plus attendees at it. You need to make sure conditions are safe to do it. And the current situation of things right now, especially in the Bay Area and other big cities, it is not a good way to do it in my honest opinion. So while it was like, you know, a scary and like crippling debt move for Sheridan and back to move the event to April, I think it was necessary. And a big thing that I want to mention to that too, is that people are talking about crowdfunding, refund issues as well, how we're going to raise money to help them out too. I genuinely believe that this community can round together and raise that money to help ease the What's the word here? Crippling or ease the pain that Sheridan and the team went through in moving the event to April? Because I feel like we've done a lot for the scene. People like Ludwig are doing a big event; they could definitely help out with it too in some way. But I think there's a way that everyone that's going can help part help contribute to make Genesis more smooth, help it be stable for the future. Because the big thing is, if this event, like, were to just like bomb or like say the event, the contract like mess something up as well there just wouldn't be any more Genesis events. And, like, Genesis is pretty much, like, it. I always describe it as the Super Bowl of Smash. It, it is the premiere of Major every year that there is a Melee Major, in my honest opinion. And without that, it just wouldn't feel the same. Like, you you think of Genesis, you think of Mango Armada. You think of Plup winning at Genesis 5. You think of Hbox setting his first bit. When you think of Zane winning at the last one. Like, there's, there's so much history added. And to think that there would be a year where it just wouldn't be as memorable memorable if it went on the way it was supposed to. And it'd just be like, oh, it'd be be surrounded, like, in a bunch of, like, COVID cases, people getting sick. That's just not how it should be. It should be remembered the way that we all do. So, like, an amazing, like, repertoire set's happening at the event, memorable moments, and people having fun, most importantly, but also being able to sit in the separate Top 8 venue, which I think it's back in San Jose. I forgot the venue was called for Top 8. And being able to watch it on the stage as it always has been the past couple of years and see more history be made, you know? And I think it's a good decision, like I said, and I think there's something that everybody can do in some way to support Sheridan, Bobak, and everybody else that's putting Genesis together.
0: This is the kind of event that gets people into Melee when they're watching their favorite Ultimate players and all of a sudden Melee's on the screen and they go, Melee? melee and then all of a sudden they get into they get into it i i like to think about a friend that i've made since going back to the locals which are technically at the moment uh all on hold since we're also doing the same thing that most locals are doing around the country around the world just holding off until omicron stuff goes back down but i have a friend that i made over at the local who got into melee because they were into ultimate first They're like the alt to Melee Pipeline person. And to me, that's incredible. But they're going to watch the big events of their favorite players. And then, because Melee is the sick, awesome game that it is, it hooks you in. You get into that storyline of something one way or another. It's not always just through the documentary or through through a big event like Slippy being released. Really big tournaments, prestigious tournaments, Super Bowl-level tournaments like Genesis get people into the game. And... For Genesis to not go well and super spreader, if you will, to, to bomb in just about every imaginable aspect, it it would mean that there's one less big event that can potentially draw people into the, the community that we have here, the game itself, all the different avenues and ways to express yourself. I mean, I'm not just talking about content creation and also playing the game in Melee. You could literally become like that, that controller person, the person who can rep apart an entire Mm -hmm. game controller, put it back together, and it's bigger, better than ever kind of a thing. There's, There's all kinds of different ways you can grow in this year, if you will. And there's not really a big connector between the end of the year shenanigans like Summit and then the summer, which there might be an event like Double Down. I know that Double Down's trying to happen in the beginning of March of this year, but... Usually pound is what I think of when it comes to a spring tournament, and that's normally yep. around the April timeline. So it is really important, even if I'm being selfish, even if I am saying, hey look, <laughs> I want to watch some high level melee. <laughs> I need them I need my fix. Is that between December and April, sometimes a really big tournament can be sparse and Genesis is that one big tournament you can always depend on at the end of January. But that being said, I'm really I'm really ha- happy that it was able to be postponed as compared to being canceled because canceled is just about the worst news in this instance. The mm-hmm. the government has not ordered any sort of shutdown and so the venue would say to the Genesis TOs they would say well this is on you. Yeah, it doesn't matter we we uh, we signed a contract so we need the money that you promised us and without an event actually being run like you said no more Genesis. So the fact that this can still happen, that there's time between now and then to potentially... I mean, I know... Okay, here's one thing that's definitely happening. TMT, Training Mode Tuesdays. Doran and the rest of the TOs around TMT are saying, hey, we are going to start charging a $5 entry fee. That is going to go towards a lot of things. But for now, most of that is going to go towards supporting the Genesis TOs to try to get back some of the lost funds of six-figure level funds. We're talking uh, $100,000 plus. I know that most of us don't have that in our back pocket so for a TO a normal, not normal okay look Sheridan and bowback are awesome TOs because they got Genesis up to this point right? But still mm-hmm. a, a, a person who's not backed up by Omega level billions of dollars Nintendo or anybody else. Nobody else is stepping up like that for, for the Genesis TO staff so the way that the community can help is to do little things like that and hopefully i'm i'm really hoping that ludwig somehow does his online tournament this upcoming like the genesis timeline he says he's organizing an online melee tournament i hope that that does something right or that we organized the event between now and april that does something so little things are happening already that's encouraging to see so for you still with the April thing now, are you thinking about Genesis again as possibly wanting to go? I know you wanted to go to Genesis 8, you had plans, you registered, but what about upcoming April?
1: As of right now, it's more than likely it will go as long as things do dip back down in terms of case numbers. I would plan to go because I do have the time. The only other event that was planned for this t- like quarter was Double Down. That. I, haven't, I haven't even registered for that yet because I don't know what, what it's gonna look like come March. But I think I would definitely make plans to go. I think it's just I haven't missed Genesis since I went to Genesis 5 back in 2018. I usually go to Genesis every year. I make the cross-country trip from New England all the way over to NorCal. Again. I, yeah, it's, it's a cross-country trip, usually about an 8, eight to 10-hour flight in total. But, you know, I'd make out for it. It's, it's always worth it. Every time I leave Cali, I always I wish it never left. <laughs> but i think about guy, like, on, i'll rethink that's how I'll rethink that but you know <laughs> it's the winter I got... dude
0: of course you come yeah. back and the icy winds hit your face and you go oh, okay yeah. not what i wanted
1: exactly but it's like i definitely there's a good chance as long as things do improve uh covid wise that i will go I should, I should have to rebook my flight which shouldn't be too much of an issue as long as i get a decent price because i, I have credits back from southwest which is the airline that i used to fly there So as long as I get that booked and, like, I talk to the people that I was going to house with, um, we should be fine. I think we're going to have a talk about that pretty soon, I feel like, in regards to what's going to happen with that. So, yeah, I'd say it's likely my major plan for the year, I think pre-Big Omi, as I call it, was Genesis, um, Double Down. Probably get on my level if it happens. I have no clue what uh, Toronto's plan is to hold that event um smash con because that's i love smash con in general it's really really easy for me to go to shine which i know should be happening i'm not going to dog something about it but i know from inside sources here in New England that it should be happening uh big house maybe and then maybe something else too but i definitely will be traveling around a good amount this year should things improve and not go crazy again but yeah i'd say like it's like a solid like 65 35 70 30 chance i should be a against as of right now but it depends
0: so you already talked about how you've gone to the past few Genesis. Can you tell me a memory that you have of the ones that you've gone to that stands out to you? And yes, you can talk about Plup if you want to. Plup Club.
1: That was the big one, because I was sitting in like second I think second row from like the very front of the stage of Genesis five. I was like from the corner. It was like me, Calvar, uh, Val, Patty, a couple of people from wait, wait Valerie Wonderland? There. Yeah, that is correct. Shout outs, was... friend of the yeah. show.
0: Let's go, Val. Yeah.
1: Fantastic person. Miss her very much. Uh, yeah, we were all there. Uh, we did see that. Uh, my other big ones, I remember I went to the after party at the Foundry after. Hung up a lot of people. Met some NorCal players. I think I played the Art Yoshi that won the Arcadian around that time, too. In a friendly year, too. It was pretty fun. Uh, I also really enjoyed my time at Genesis 6. Actually, it's my favorite Genesis I think I've ever been to. Well, cause I had a lot of fun in that, ed- in general. It was a lot of fun seeing people again. I know I hung out with a lot of people, people out there like Lauren, for example, a fantastic artist, I miss her a lot too. Uh, a bunch of roommates I hadn't seen in a while from college. My friend Parker, who was living in Nevada at the time was out there, spent a lot of time like going around NorCal. We had some great ramen one of the nights, had a lot of time shooting this shit, having fun. And playing a lot of friendlies too, cause I think like just being able to play a lot of friendlies and like having a fun time, just talking to people, meeting new people. I remember I played someone who was PR in Oregon at one point as well at my first Genesis event, which was a lot of fun. I had a lot of back and forth friendlies with them. And then I guess like on the more humorous side, Genesis 7, um, I know at that tournament, Loic had a booth, and that's how I inadvertently met uh, H-Rock and Stance. So I didn't know who they were, so I was just shooting <laughs> shit with them. I didn't know who they were, but I know I'm, I'm like a one-year-plus Hrock sub now. I was, supposed to, I was supposed to money match him at Genesis this 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 one, but I think we're gonna push it back to April at this point. Um, yeah, I met them at that as well, and I, I remember Hrock very much vividly told me to go watch the roast of I think it was yeah the roast of Scar i only seen bits of it at that point so i couldn't remember everything but he told me to go watch it and tell him, tell me him what tell him what i thought so I, I literally went to my room that after that conversation and sat down and like watched for like an hour of one of my roommates and we had a fun time watching it and there was there was another good bit so after like the lubbock table i kind of been breaking down uh there was a sign there was like two midwest tos there and they had this thing like a little like piece of paper which had life advice on it so they were gone there's no one there that piece of paper is still there So I literally took the piece of paper that said life advice, put it on my backpack and started walking around the venue with it and putting at the step I would play at. And then people would walk up to me genuinely and ask for advice. They tell me their problems. (laughs) So I was just like giving like random like shooting the shit and counseling advice to whoever walked up to me. Some of it was like actually genuine stuff. Some of it was just like regular like melee stuff. It was actually pretty fun. I remember I walked up to Lauren. She asked me how do I I survive like this. And I just told her. I started shooting the shit too. So there's a lot of memories from each one. And, like, they're all good times. Like, most of just having good times with people, meeting new people, inadvertently meeting with people who eventually got famous. All that jazz, you know?
0: How much is there, like, do you, would you say, is an urgency in regards to not missing this? Is it really a big FOMO thing for you, fear of missing out? Or would you say, you know that you're going to have a good time, so of course you want to go to something when it comes to Genesis 8, because I hear you wanting to go, but... You also can't commit because, well, who can? Because of the whole, because of the whole COVID thing. But for you, what, what really draws you to Genesis in particular?
1: Uh, I think it's just because the it's the legacy of Genesis. Like I could I, I described it earlier like Genesis is like the prim- premier event for Smash in general I feel like and being able to having a connection to the last three ones that I've been to make it make it a yearly tradition for me to go every year and like you know it's just it's just a lot of it plus I just like the NorCal area I've been to of course it was Oakland the first three times I went this is the year to be this time it'll be San Jose and I just I really like going in general it's one of my favorite moments of the entire year to be able to go to that event. And there is some FOMO there. And of course, if it's more understandable for like COVID case, then yeah, it's, it's understandable. But like in this new element of it being in April and, and we i have no idea where we'll be three months from now. But I there is FOMO there, but I would definitely like to go just the appeal and like just seeing all these people come together from like across the world. Cause you don't really get to see like this many people from across the entire world come together in this venue in northern california to play a game from 2001 like that's already surreal in itself and the fact that it's presented so well so much goes invested into the event it makes it all the more worthwhile plus there's always new people that i meet there too like there's always like some kind of highlight where i just meet a bunch of new people that i still talk to sometimes from events like that guys, i talked to a couple people that i met there too so yeah, there's always something I take away from that as well. And you know, I can learn something there. If I end up getting a commentary block at Genesis after some reconsideration, I have no idea what's gonna happen with that. Like it'll be fun to kinda of meet maybe meet someone new, get some more feedback on what I'm doing, get some more exposure basically as well. Like, yeah. Like it's just there's a lot that there's a lot to give to and there's a lot to get from the event as well. And just, you know, being able unable to go, you know, it just wouldn't feel right. I should have to go in the past three years. It'd just be weird. Especially if we're in a better spot by then.
0: Okay, so shoutouts to Raul, shoutouts to all the Australians who are, are here in the United States, and seemingly for not now because of Genesis being postponed. Most of us are very understanding, most of us are more or less, okay, cool, but Oh, I just feel so bad for for, for those people in particular who travel internationally because I'm here to not have jet lag. No jet lag, Johns. I'll be here for two weeks leading up to this thing. Or in the case of people who are on sock, we're just going to be in the United States for a couple of months and we're going to catch all these big events. And now Genesis 8 is not happening at the end of January, but instead they have
1: another thing to uh, look forward to an online tournament Woo! yeah uh, they'll, they'll be doing they were at they were in garbage connection i know that on friday sorry to cut you off by the way but you were kinda you're kind of that, I feel like. yeah they, they were in garbage connection on friday i know i saw them in the bracket and they they i think they're i think they, they, did they do giga schwab i'm not sure they did giga schwab but they, they'll be entering stuff at least it does like I you know it does suck that they can't like go a couple miles or go a couple hours to go to genesis of course and seeing where they are but I, I don't know what their plans are because I haven't read too much of their situation, unfortunately. But, I, you know, I hope it kind of works out for them in the end. But the nature of, like, having to travel for that long... I know Leffen has, like, similar things, too. When he comes to the States for, of course, not nearly as long of a trip. But he'll try and make out the stuff when he can. So, it's tough. Like, having a, having a shell drop... Like, it could show, like, some of the drawbacks to postponing that close to the date, to be fair. Cause of which people have mentioned it was, like, two weeks out. But to be fair... We weren't really as aware how serious Omicron was about a month ago. That's part of my argument why. Like, they kind of had to act on it, I feel like. But that's just me talking. So, uh, it sucks, but that's kind of the nature of how it could be sometimes in a global pandemic, you know. Like, I, remember, I remember when COG Dreamland happened, people had dropped out of that, like, real quickly. But there's still a the amount of people with that when that happened in March 2020, when everything started. And seeing the transition made, of course, it was had a lot of things to go through at first. But now we're kind of going back to there for at least a little bit. I'm sure they'll be able to adapt to it, and I you know, I just hope it works out for those lads, because you just don't want them to just feel like, uh, what's the word here, like disappointed, you know? Which I'm sure there might be a little bit already considering the change, but I think they'll be they'll make those with the best they can.
0: Yes, uh, the, mm-hmm. because that's all you can do. You get dealt a yeah. bad hand, and all you got to do is just keep grinding, pushing forward, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you're right. The, the 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 whole trick here is a month ago, it was just before Christmas. And I think that whole holiday thing, you know, you want to see friends and family uh, or something that's quote unquote more contagious. That probably did have something to do with it. Speaking as a non-scientist, I'm just looking at the numbers and like, ah, that may, seems like a reasonable conclusion to draw. Mm-hmm. And it do be that way sometimes. So hopefully this this whole Ludwig thing, I'm looking forward to it because I think that hearing Ludwig and Slime talk about melee while it's happening occasionally shirtless is a great different approach than the normal the normal stuff. So I wanted to get back into the commentary question for just a little bit because I know that we didn't talk about it as much as you perhaps maybe wanted to. Would you commentate shirtless? Is there a big draw to commentating shirtless? Do you think that it really draws up viewers in a way by commentating shirtless? Is there an art to it? Do you think that ultimately this is the meta that eventually people are gonna realize the most popular streamers of, in terms of Melee streaming shirtless while commentating is actually what we are all expected to do? And is that scary?
1: So I think it depends from person to person personally. Like, I think that really depends on how comfortably you are showing off your body at Gamer. Personally, what I would do it, probably not, unless I got in, like, slightly better shape, in my opinion. Like, maybe, like, yeah, as a sub-goal, maybe. Or maybe, like, as, like, a donation goal, probably for my birthday stream, I might do that. But for someone like Lubbock and Slime, it, it kind of does come as a surprise like knowing how their social medias are and like following them for years, seeing them like play like, then without shirts on, playing Mario Party 4 at like Nick's house for a little while, and they take pictures of that as well. Literally, my desktop background is the picture of Slime and H dad in the hot tub i come i come home to that every day and i just laugh at it because it's so iconic <laughs> so uh but yeah stuff like that it's it's just like that's them that is like you see that oh it's like it's slime just doing that because you just know their personalities at that point they're just gonna do that for majors like that like i remember when they did it for i think it was L- i think it was LCS L- L- 2 so i think i remember when that happened and there's some other stuff that they just did it for i'm like yeah that's just them but if, you know <laughs> is there an appeal to it yeah it just, it, it's something called the bizarreness effect which is something I learned in uh, media effects when, or a media class in college. It's like, you see something that just sticks out to you and you just always remember it for that reason. You see it at a lot of sporting events, like, you know, tailgating and all like, the like, kind of culture that goes around, like dressing up and all that stuff. It's kind of similar here where like, you see these two guys, at least two guys, and they sit down commentating, Melee shirtless. Like, oh, what's going on here? Why are they doing this? And so you, you just listen to them more just like talk about, I don't know, like why Hbox Hogs make on commentary and how low it. and Islam makes a funny example out of it or how they're actually like, Meds is playing really well right now and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, they're just having like a shit conversation about this. It's like, okay. And then you learn more about their personalities, what they've done in the past. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's weird. And it's a contrast to when like, I remember... Off the sticks, which was Love Against Slimes like weekly melee show they did with BTS. It's like they went from discussing bow ties and how to like what's better attire or a bow tie to then just being shirtless talking about like commentating like a essentially an online major for like hours on end too, and people would just be dealing with it because it's them. But moral of the story, your choice. Personally, I wouldn't do it, but I understand the appeal. If you want to get like a little bit more clickbaity action in there too, like put a cool thumbnail of it on YouTube, maybe get a couple clicks. Maybe people will really like it for what you did with it. But You know, that's that's where I stand. I wouldn't do it, but if you want to do it, hey, more power to you. I'm not going to judge you for it.
0: Ludwig, Slime, and Burt Kreisler. Let's let's make it happen. Okay, so for you, how much preparation is too much preparation? Because one of the important things for you in commentating is being able to tell the story. So I feel like Mm -hmm. you can overcook stuff. I mean this in the nicest possible way, but there's a person who I had on this very podcast that I overprepped for, and botched the interview. I still released it. You can go and find it and guess which one. But I put out over 100 podcast episodes, so you uh, good luck. And the point is, is that I try not to do too much prep anymore. I'll be honest. I, I did only just a little bit for you, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Trustme.com. Mm-hmm. I really think that if I do too much, I'm juggling too much. Whereas if I don't fill my brain with things that I need to get out, then... I can actually just get everything out as compared to being like, I need to make sure, I need to make sure, huh, huh. It's a whole thing. So for you, is there such thing as too much prep in regards to making sure you can tell storylines and be able to advance narratives, be able to put your own spin on the things? You know, sound like you know who the people that you're commentating on because that that really helps put, put stakes into it because... Mm-hmm. We all know the difference between commentators who are just talking about the match and they don't really know what's going on with the players. They just know the game. It's not as good as when the players and the sorry the commentator knows the players. We go back to the Hax versus Mango thing. Scar was talking to Mango about all this. Scar watched Mango and Hax play in a hotel, do a money match or whatever, and reverse mm-hmm. main, and, and Mango won. And so now they get to do it in front of the world and all that stuff. It, re- exactly. it really does make a difference.
1: Yeah, it does. So prepping for me, I usually prep at least a little bit for commentary, especially for bigger events at regionals or like a weekly that is like stacked like Salt Mine. So when I did Salt Mine last week, I was given an hour notice by Slum. I was getting ready to stream on my own end, and then Slum Lord texted me on Discord saying, "Hey, what are you doing today? I need a commentary. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'm doing this thing because I want to do it." So I spent like an hour before, just like looking at who was who was on the attendee list, um, saying people I did not know that well, and seeing, okay, what do they do? Where are they ranked? What were their recent tournaments? Blah blah blah. And I kind of have like a trying to have like a basic understanding of that player, and if I don't know a lot about that player, my, I ask my commentator, "Hey, I'm not familiar with this person. What do you know about them?" And they kind of like kind of paint a better picture than I would, you know. So we can kind of keep some kind of narrative going, and that can happen from time to time. I know I had it with Speedy Sloth at Smash Con, Fall Fest, No trade Trashman has helped out a couple times with that as well. For more Western uh, focused matchups as well, so there uh, there is at ad aspect, but obviously you don't want to over prep too much because like, what if you prep? first set that you think will happen to bracket but then it doesn't happen <laughs> then you're gonna be like okay it's like all right hold on it's not it's not gonna be uh mega versus zane here it's gonna be like wizzy versus zane instead okay let's kind of work around this gotta remember what happened at this tournament right on the spot what if, what if i forget about this this and this so trying to you know have like, a, have like a picture frame or like a, a couple build points of what you know about each person or what you know about the bracket and kind of just roll what you've been given okay and be like oh this person upset this person they, you know they actually did this well at this tournament recently so this shouldn't be too much of an upset let's see what they do against uh them in this matchup and then you kind of elaborate more on it and then when the gameplay happens like okay it's it's like oh Bobby Big Balls is like starting to show, show more of a reserve game right now because he kind of wants to play around blah 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 now he's doing more of a punish game because he's found an opening in this particular moment and you he know he knows that this person is going to do this right then and there because their past history let's see how they react when they come back yada 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 you know and it comes to the thing of like show not tell as well you're able to show hey this person prepared for it. Let's not talk about it too much. It's like a whole like flow chart or like overlay basically of what you can do during commentary for prep. But yeah for me I, I try to get at least a little bit in for bigger events like a regional like a mass madness i definitely look i did look at like okay what they've been doing locally in a region or an outsider comes like who's this out of stater (laughs) for people who might not know when they watch the stream because I know i like what i like to do for people who might not know like when skirzo came to massachusetts i know makari a commentator i had on alongside me he asked who he was i had to explain to him in the chat who skirzo was so there's always a good benefit to prepping but yeah over prepping can like kind of tunnel vision it because you don't want to be stuck in tunnel vision for too long. I, I kinda, I, I'm kind of guilty of this as well. I feel like where I get like too focused in on a set and kind of forget about some other things going on. So you don't want to go too far. You want to paint a good like framework and work with what you're given. If, it's just, if an upset happens, hey, talk about it. Talk about what they might be able to do going on from here and tell a story about, hey, can they upset this person? That person usually gets this person. Can that spirit kind of go on from there? And for, my, for the more unknown people, because like when I, when I did my West Coast pools block for uh, a Schwab, I didn't do any prep. That was kind of last second as well. Not gonna lie, but it was a fun like 90 <laughs> minute block. So and there's this there's this ice climber square called the Vega. Ooh, I didn't know they were. I didn't. So me and my commentator were like, okay, this person, this so they're gonna work through losers right now. We'll follow the Vega Road to Glory as a slump con. So I just I'd made the whole dynamic. Of um, Vega's Loser's Run, akin to a JRPG protagonist working from like the prologue to the mid-boss to the final boss. Unfortunately, they lost the final boss because that was that was a match I think against Bobby Big Balls. But hey, they took a game at least, so they did alright. So there's always next time, you know.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I love the fact that you sort of have examples of you have an hour to work with. Granted, that is not eternity, but I think that's enough to get rolling on a on a salt mine bracket. And then you have the Giga Schwab, where it's like this is happening kind of now. <laughs> You're also gonna do West Coast, yeah. to, You know, which is the region that you're not from. East Coast, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Who's Scarzo, by the way? I need to know. I see the name a lot, but I can't. I can't think of who Scarzo is at all.
1: Yeah, Skirzo is a PR. I I believe he's from Chicago, if I remember here. Let me type it in real quick. He is a Fox player from Chicago. I believe he's PR'd Furt. Now, he's currently ranked second in their Summer 21 Power Rankings. I'm not sure that's updated for more recently, but now he's definitely at least top two in Chicago. I'm not sure if he got first place more recently in the state, but I know he's a high-ranked player. I I first saw him at SmashCon when I commentated him versus JJM, which is actually a really good set, I think I commentated. That was a really fun set to commentate. Um, But yeah, he's, he's around there. He he comes to, like, the occasional New England regional because I know he knows Trail. Trail famously had an invitational tournament back in September. That's how I met Trey, the Trashman, because I compensated a doubles bracket with him there. So he, he invited a lot of people out from the Midwest, NorCal, South, other places like that. That's how he met a lot of those people. And he comes over from Trail. He houses them there. So, yeah, there's, like, this whole network that trail is able to fund her because he has a big time job and he likes to fly people out, especially Ganon mates, especially. So yeah, that's how I met him. Yeah. Shout out to trail. If you're watching, he's a big, big fan of what he does with the one up scene as well around Massachusetts and Connecticut.
0: That's really cool. Cause I was going to yeah. say, Scurzo is not East coast if he's from Illinois. So mm-hmm. what gives, how do you know? But there's yeah. comes out to mass madnesses or to yeah. big, big Massachusetts events. Let's go.
1: Yeah. It's cause cool. like, um, do you you know trail very well because i can kind of elaborate yeah yeah so trail is an old school player he's originally from chicago that explains his roots there so when he moved to new england in 2017 he was living in like i think he started out in maine i think so he was in maine so he had a lot of connection to the midwest he eventually moved over to connecticut southern mass that's where he is these days so yeah he knows a lot of people in the midwest that's why i met a lot of people like joey donuts Uh, i met no fluxes at um the, the invitational tray from norcal a lot of people like from that connection of network that trail has that's kind of how i kind of grew that network from there yeah trail is a very intelligible person. Also has like a bunch of dreams. Kind of, I think, found his own esports org eventually, which could be kind of a cool thing one day as he kind of puts in the work, you know.
0: Awesome. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, all chat esports starts somewhere, you know, little things, exactly. acquiring some players, some talent, mm-hmm. if you will.
1: And exactly. hey, some lords,
0: you know, kind of turn into a little bit of a talent. So let's go, some Yeah.
1: So, I'm lord being a little bit of an esports mogul, star now. You know, he's brought on. I I say all chat be bats because it like it has a good uh rhythm to it. Now, now we got um JFlex, who is so talented in his slippy name. I do because that's 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 what his thing is on slippy. He'll host a lobby, and his thinks this just is so talented. And like, that's really good. And have it, then you have Hada, who's like the main caster of All Chat. Then it's like, yeah, because like the All Chat rotation of casters, it's like Hada, who's the official All Chat guy. Then it's like Trey, then myself. That's like kind of the circle right now that we work with. I'm not, I'm not with All Chat properly, but like you know, I'm, I'm associated with them at the very least. And there's some other people as what well we bring on here and there. Assistant, so, yeah, assistant
0: to the All Chat people. <laughs> Pretty much like, <laughs> like, like say, you know, <laughs>
1: we, we could say like intern, I guess, basically right now, starting out. You know, like, saw my last move was the interview. You were good it's like all right we'll, we'll keep working for a little bit and see what we think a couple couple weeks or months from now so yeah no it's a good team like genuinely i think it's going to be an org that'll grow more in time you know it was cool they got to kind of had have a side stream for GigaSwap. they have a, they have a nightclub side stream for those who don't know they do a lot of giveaways they have a lot of cool stuff on social media Hada does a caster class which is like where he sits down with a commentator he did one with logan recently where they talked about like they did like a an hour and a half commentary coaching session which I guess is a really cool thing i think commentary coaching is a thing that you, people should really look into because they already have player coaching out there. I think if you really want to get more into casting, like definitely get a couple of odds out there, do a couple tournaments, and then like kind of either you watch it back or talk to a friend about it and see what they think. I feel like eventually you get to that level. Yeah, look in look the commentator coach. It could be a lot of fun. You can learn something about yourself you didn't know before, things you can think about next time around a block when you think about when you when that coach tells you what to do. So I think it's going to be good. I'm not sure if I'll be on that eventually. Probably eventually. Not for a while, I'd imagine, because there's probably a the whole list of people you are going to work with for. um caster class of hada so it, it's, it's a really cool idea so yeah they also upload their VOTs there too from tournaments as well like match match by, match by match VOTs. it's a really it's a really good org i'd say so far you know starting out early gotta gotta start somewhere but they'll, they'll keep growing i'm confident slumming the gang
0: yes and hey look i mean it's really cool that they're doing a salt mine net play bracket every week and having a 250 dollar prize pool that's a Pretty good for a weekly yeah. for online, and most of the time, or all the time, it's free to enter.
1: So hey,
0: that's pretty cool. That's
1: pretty nice. Especially, especially a newer org too. they they're, they're, they're I think they're. When was their Twitter made? I think when their Twitter was made? That's was a like summer Yeah. So All Chat Esports was founded on Twitter, and I believe like <laughs> August twenty twenty
0: one. On Twitter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. August twenty one. It was made on Twitter. That's what I see. But yeah, they do. Um. Yeah. They've been around for a little bit, but I think it's. Yeah. Like I said they'll grow in time. I'm confident in them, but it's cool to see like seeing them like just do so much work early on. They like, have like the steady base they can just keep working with, you know?
0: It's inspiring, yes.
1: Yes, inspiring for careers for people like Trail Triv- want to find an esports work basically. Hey, Roy, if you're watching, let me know.
0: <laughs> Come on, Trail. Okay, so, Del, before we get you going here, I think the last thing to sort of tie this all together in regards to a storyline is: Would you say you like? Where your storyline is right now,
1: like my own personal storyline. So, is that a yes? I'm seeing a yes. Um, I think it's like kind of getting started. I feel like for the new year. I mean, I feel like I was like kind of finding my way a little bit more after Smash Con last year. It's kind of like I guess like the real beginning is like how that all happened with the vlog and the impromptu commentary block that I had for Top Sixteen because it happened in the span of fifteen minutes. <laughs> for those who don't know that story, like, I'll elaborate on that for those who don't know. Smash Con, t- Smash Con 2021 Fall Fest Day Three. I was up till 4 a.m. having a good time with like Diskid Boogie, um, Hat, the TO, a bunch of other people I met at the event. I was with Hugs at a restaurant like around like 10 p.m. that night with a bunch of people as well. It was me, Hugs, uh, Husband was there, a Nintendude, Hat, other people a lot of other homies were there. It was a great time. And I wake up at like 10 a.m. I go to play mainly with a local that guy from MDVA. We're just chilling. Then a New England T.O. and a production guy walk up to us and say, hey, you're a commentator, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Like, hey you want, you want to do top 16 I'm like what <laughs> so in the span of 15 minutes of playing melee I'm then competing melee for top 16 with little to no prep with a new guy which is Sloth, Speedy Sloth who I just met then and we just went on and had that block it was a lot of fun too I remember people were saying how good I did it I'm like oh thank god that went well and that kind of like <laughs> reminded me it's like you know I should just keep going in because I had competed a couple locals by that point I had done the trail invitational doubles by that point as well so I was feeling like pretty alright so these are things I've learned since then too. When it comes to commentary, but yeah, but like how it's kind of progressed since then. If you know, I've kind of gone more in on melee in general, both like kind of making a plan to go to events and cast at events, and then now making content more so from like the IRL POV, the commentary POV, um, unique like YouTube slash Twitch POV. As long as I kind of what I want to do is just like stay on that and stay consistent so I don't fall off and just like lose the storyline entirely. Because the the story that I want to tell this year is showing that I'm a guy who comes from New England with not a lot of connections that can eventually kind of make it to the big time, basically, whether that be commenting at a major like Genesis or Big House or just like making a whole new network of people that support and follow me on Twitch slash YouTube. Like that is a story that I want to tell, whether it's just through Melee, whether it's through both niches that I have in Melee and JRPGs or the other one. That's fine. And I think it's off to a good start right now. You know, I've made a connection with All Chat, which is really cool. Hopefully that continues to grow from there at at time of recording. We'll see. But being able to just, like, be involved in some way, and it's like you know being in demand. Cause like in the so at the time of recording, I commentated a tournament Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So that's three commentary dates in like a short span of time too. And it will be more. I my goal is to at least commentate two brackets a week, or usually at least one, but ideally two would be a good sweet spot. Whether it be a one-up melee online, whether it be a nightclub side bracket, whether it be garbage connection, salt mine, something like that. As long as I can just continue to build that resume and develop more as a creator caster and streamer and just see that reward for the content that i make then that is a good story to tell and at the end of the year i can make a whole reflection video about it, like saying this is how i did it here's how you at home can do it too you know kind of make a very hair seller kind of video Woo-hoo!
0: i love all those things so let's yeah. tell the people once more where they can find you style
1: yeah so if you're listening to this and you enjoy well one thank you for watching all the way through uh if you want to follow me on twitter it is stelios underscore ttv and my twitch is also stelios with two underscores afterward and i have a link tree on my twitter as well i'm going to update it tonight so if you want to check out there, you can see more of my socials there i think it's like my i think my discord server is there if you're interested in that uh, i'm always happy to people always happy to have people join the Stell hotel discord that's my subgroup name as well um i also have those are the main two though you'll find me there discord's like one of my main platforms as well that i talk on uh you'll catch me commentating at least places like salt mine every thursday pop bonuses giveaways all the good stuff all chat esports is great uh nightclub might see me pop up on nightclub in the near future garbage connection is at, i think at least every friday it might go into bi you for anything what trey wants to do um one up melee online i think it's gonna be moving dates soon no confirmation from me that's more of a trail thing Yeah, I'll be commentating a lot, usually at least one or two brackets a week. Follow me on Twitch, I stream every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, ideally subject to change because of commentary blocks. But yeah, that's what I do. I stream Melee. I play Japanese RPGs. I have a lot of fun. Melee is great. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And Jesse, you want to take it back away?
0: Yeah, I got you. Let's Mm -hmm. also make sure to we need to free the Stelios YouTube channel. We cannot have Stell out here talking about all these amazing places where you can find him and not be able to just say YouTube.com slash C slash Stellios underscore TTV or Stellios underscore underscore like it is for the Twitch. Instead, mm-hmm. this is what we have right now. So by the time I'm done reading this, it better be 100 plus subscribers. YouTube.com slash channel slash UCBGDGAIX2AX. Y-A-A-E-A-N-P-K-5-2-U-A. It'll be in the description down below if you didn't remember all that. But
1: let's go ahead and make 100 subscribers. Let's go. Yeah, it's it's slowly working its way up. It's slowly going up there. Ideally, so YouTube schedule is usually at least one video a week right now usually one YouTube short depends on because we usually make a YouTube short of the video that we released. But the last one with the hugs video didn't really have a shortable moment, in my opinion, but the one this week should have a short. I might, I, might, I have some unique shorts I want to kind of take for my streams. I need to trim them down though. Cause my, my execution is that I'll watch a VOD back. Hey, that's I'm like hey, that's a good moment to short. Let's clip it down. And then I send it to my editors to work on. Cause I have two editors that I have edit stuff for me, but that's more of an offshore thing to talk about. But yeah, youtube.com, Stellios, just type in Stellios Twitch in the search. You should find my channel in some way. That's the easy way to find it. But yeah that's where i am youtube twitch discord twitter all those platforms There's a link tree as well probably i'll send it to jesse just in case too yep that's yep, all yep, from yep. me it but is yeah, in the description
0: there. below still thank you so much for joining me on bottom of smash mountain
1: of course i'm happy to be here happy to invited me again jesse everybody watching thank you once more and will see you next time